0: God, you hit me in the throat.
1: Good. That's how you everyone open up just a heard beer an with a fork.
0: <laughs> he literally shot the freaking bottle cap in my neck.
1: We need to start a series. What can Cleat open a beer bottle with?
0: I'm not going to subscribe to that one. <laughs> Welcome to the abyss, everyone. Sorry for the you know being the worst hosts ever and leaving you hanging for weeks on end.
1: Yeah, we disappeared.
0: All I can say is, adulting is not easy. It's hard. It's boring. It's terrible. <sighs>
1: Damn, that's a good beer.
0: Is it? Yeah. Well, we can't talk about some crazy shit without a good beer. And today we have Campfire Amplifier. It's a dogfish head stout.
1: You used to not to be able to buy these in Utah, so I was surprised he brought one.
0: Utah laws are changing. Amen. Ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. We won't catch up to the rest of the world. We'll still have crazy restrictions, but we'll, we'll still get- have
1: our jello and our funeral potatoes and.
0: Funeral potatoes are so good. <laughs> they really are. You can talk as much shit as you want. They're amazing. <laughs> and for those who don't know what funeral potatoes are, it's like potatoes with cheese and what? What else is in it? I don't know. I just eat it. It's just like cheesy it. potatoes. Yeah. I don't know. I just eat it. I just <laughs> put it in my mouth. I don't even care what's in it. <laughs> Damn he's it. just like i'm just gonna stick it in my mouth and enjoy you it you
1: made me forget what i was gonna say <laughs> you're just thinking right. about funeral potatoes okay so okay moving on found an interesting video oh um so did you ever hear about amuamua a what Amuamua. nope so you you probably will when i go into this but there was this uh a couple years back there was a there was something entering our solar system from another um solar system very interesting um, what? It was different than anything we've ever seen. It was cylindrical but flat. And uh Harvard scientist, forgive me, I I, I don't even have any notes on this, but he came out saying that, you know, it could be extraterrestrial. Whoa. It's not saying it is,
0: but, but it the, could be. Yeah. He's uh, not saying it isn't right. either.
1: Um, so it came through our solar system so fast that we didn't really have a lot of time to study it. But the interesting things that we did see is when it got past Jupiter, it sped up slightly. What? Which is strange because, you know, thermodynamics. But the only theory that we really have is there had to been some type of outgassing. So, you know, I know you know this, Britain, but, you know, you got asteroids. You do a lot of
0: outgassing yourself.
1: <laughs> and then you got comets. Comets speed up when they come in because the sun melts the uh, the. The ice on the comet it speeds up right but they didn't they didn't see at least they didn't observe any outgassing so they, they're not sure what caused it but some people speculate because it looks it looked artificial and it looked like it could have been powered by what we are thinking to explore this universe with with solar sails wow. um but yeah just sped past us and uh yeah we wish we got more information
0: wow bet you folks didn't think you were going to get astrology and science today.
1: So that, it's pretty old, but I just kind of stumbled onto it and I was like, "Wow, that's really cool."
0: That is pretty cool. We were uh, we were out of town this last week um, to celebrate my cousin graduating high school and uh, we saw the I don't I don't know what they're called, but the SpaceX satellites, that straight line of all the oh, satellites. Yeah, heard about that, that thing was so cool looking. Like it's trippy. You're just looking It's all these straight lines, satellites going through. It's the uh, What's the name of it? The internet that freaking Elon Musk is giving. Starlink. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah I saw always... the space... Um, I saw the space lights. The Starlink space lights.
1: I sort of wanted to get that type of internet. I just think it's really interesting.
0: It is pretty cool. Yeah. But it was cool to see. I mean, and then we saw the uh, space station go overhead. You get to see it for just a little bit and then it just vanishes. It's kind of cool.
1: Did you flip it off?
0: No. No. I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> you just come home. There's a ticket in your mail. We saw what you did. We saw it. Here's a picture. It's like magnified, like super
1: close. I'm just flipping it off. And then another picture of you just looking stupid randomly. Just You know. <laughs> That's all the time. Were I they just watching me waiting stupid. for me to blink or something?
0: Another one of me on the toilet. Like, how did you get that? <laughs> we can see through walls. I don't like this. We are
1: the world police.
0: Yeah. Probably exists too. (laughs) All right. (laughs) What's our topic tonight, Britain? (laughs) We are finishing up our virtual tour of the United States and all the urban legends. We got the last five states.
1: It's going to be a good one, guys. Stay tuned.
0: Yeah. So we're going to cover Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming.
1: Okay. Round
0: it all out.
1: Should we jump into it?
0: I think we should. So I think you're kicking us off there with Virginia
1: yeah so let's start with virginia um this one is called the bunny man oh. so i'm going to show you a picture and uh if you guys are watching us youtube you can see the picture picture that i'm going to show britain does this look familiar uh
0: yeah i don't know what from
1: yeah that was my initial um thought process too like i've, too. Seen, I'm like, I've seen this yeah. right um so this is called the Bunnyman Bridge, and it mm. was featured in a Fox documentary, Scariest Places on Earth. Oh you okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a that's a throwback. I was gonna say I've seen that. I just I don't know where. And I've never been to Virginia, so that's not it.
1: Yeah, once uh once it was put on that show, it was mentioned a lot of times, it kind of caught fire. It's a very popular urban legend. So as many popular urban legends there is a lot of deviations from the lore so i'll read you a couple that i found so one legend at the stroke of midnight on halloween if you're at that bridge a killer in a white rabbit suit will await you and if you go to that bridge and right at midnight just say bunny man three times he will run at you and slash your throat and leave your body dangling from the bridge
0: oh so if you're in for a good throat slitting just go to Bunnyman
1: bridge I wonder, like, if you would be less aggressive if, like, you put some effort into it. Like, I could imagine if you go there and you're like, bunny man, bunny man, bunny man, ha ha. And he's like, I'm going to kill him. But if you just go up there, you're like, bunny man. You just sing it, pull out a guitar, yeah. sit down. Bunny man. Just
0: sing him out. Yeah. Sing him out a lullaby.
1: Yeah. It
0: just reminds me of some other popular, you know, crazy movie where you say something three times and this crazy person appears. Beetlejuice. You got it.
1: All right, I'll give you another rendition. So, the spirit of, so this one is a a spirit of an escaped mental patient that haunts the railroad bridge. He escaped hellbent on avenging the murders of his wife and child who were slain nearby. So, he's got a little, you know, motivational piece there. Why does this thing? The Punisher from Marvel. Yeah, maybe. So, living in the woods near the bridge, he killed and ate rabbits. Huh. Wearing their skins and leaving their mutilated bodies hanging in the trees. One Halloween night, taunted by some town children, he killed and mutilated them, too. Hanging wow. their corpses from the trees around the bridge. Huh. Yeah, so he's like the Punisher, but he has, like, really high expectations.
0: And he kills children.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm just saying, and like, bunnies. the Punisher killed people. They did crimes. Well, for him, like, if they taunt people, that's equivalent to okay. death.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I see your logic. Yeah, it's a little far fetched, but sure, I'll go with it. He's a
1: more conservative punisher. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right, here's my favorite spin of it. Oh, wow. Um, he is a ghost of an escapee of a long closed nearby asylum, dressed in a rabbit suit. He and Bazooka Joe throws <laughs> axes and chainsaws or hatchets at cars or young couples who park by the bridge late at night.
0: Yeah, that one's absolutely real. <laughs> okay, Bazooka I, Joe I, sold it for I, me. Like, I
1: added Bazooka Joe, but I just thought I'm like, God, really damn he's throwing axes and chainsaws, that's so aggressive. Like, Why how not do you bazooka's throw a fucking
0: chainsaw?
1: <laughs> Is that Bazooka Joe and a bunny guy? <laughs> we
0: much, gotta get out of here. How much more aggressive and egregious can you be? From throwing a chainsaw.
1: <laughs> Imagine you just sit there parked out. <laughs> you. just, you, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> no, no, it's not you. even on. They just throw it at
0: you. <laughs> it oh, comes. it's not even on? <laughs> I
1: don't know, maybe. <laughs>
0: just, oh, so he doesn't turn it on. He just throws a chainsaw at you. It's turned off.
1: That's a Black and Decker. Get that.
0: And if you can dodge a chainsaw, you can dodge a ball. Yeah,
1: good, good. So Brian Conley, a historian for Fairfax Public Library, heard about the bunny man all his life. When he returned from college to work in the library system, the haunting tales seemed to follow him. After several patrons asked him about the truth of the stories, he set out to find out. It's like a little quest. First he quest dealt for bunny man. Who's the bunny man haunts my dreams?
0: Bunnyman, bunnyman, bunnyman. Chainsaw <laughs> comes flying out of the fucking tunnel. <laughs> <It's> like,
1: <"Ugh!" laughs> he just sees a chainsaw at the end of the tunnel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Holy John
1: dear. <Deere. laughs> Um, first he delved into the Fairfax County police records, searching for reports of an old and sensational murders. He wrote in his December, 2008 paper, the bunny man unmasked the real origins of, of an urban legend. He found one that might help account for some of the bunny man's background. It happened in February, 1949 and made headlines for months. The gruesome slayings of a mother and her eight month year old baby tsk tsk the two were found in a shallow grave in fairfax after disappearing during a car ride with the husband police soon found the victims in a shallow grave the woman had been beaten and shot the baby girl buried alive the husband and father was eventually arrested convicted and sent to a mental institution Next, the librarians search for any evidence of a man dressed in a rabbit costume terrorizing people in the Washington region.
0: Yeah, because you see that all the time. Like, I see, like, 10 people in bunny costumes a day.
1: Yeah, he's trying to just find historical records to substantiate the urban legend, right? Because you can't just go look for police records for, like, hey, find me a bunny man, (laughs) right? Most, like, of those records are just, they're not built for retrieval. Right. You, had, you have to know, like, their names, the dates of the people murdered, and then you just find the extra details that way.
0: You know what I think about when I think about the bunny man? is like at the mall when you're a kid and you get to take pictures with the bunny. I just imagine, like, one of those guys going postal and, like, murdering <laughs> everyone in the mall. Am I wrong, though? Like... Yeah. He just comes out like his stupid a bunny head on AR-15 covered in blood. In his right. hand, not like a, a bazooka in the other. A, a chainsaw with his that's foot. not turned on.
1: Shotgun for legs. <laughs>
0: He's just throwing chainsaws at children. Oh, that escalated quickly.
1: According to his paper, he found a gem in the Washington Post on October twenty second, nineteen seventy. The headline read Man in a bunny suit, Sot in Fairfax. Ooh. The story detailed the harrowing experience of an Air Force cadet who went parking with a girl on Guinea Road in Fairfax. The military man told of a man in a white suit with long bunny ears throwing a hatchet through the car's windshield, Jesus. then skipping off into <laughs> the night, off? <laughs> according to <laughs> Conley's like, paper. Fuck
0: you. Skipping away. What a cocky, arrogant piece of shit.
1: I've been like, I'm going to buy a wolf suit. And I'm going to get revenge.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> man in wolf suit sought for chasing man in bunny suit.
1: Dude, the funniest news article I ever read was there was a guy in a, a gorilla suit outside a cell phone store being like, come here, buy stuff. And I guess some, like he worked there and some weirdo with, like ran out one day in a in a banana suit and assaulted him. Pushed him on the ground, That's and then ran it. away. It ended up being national news. I think it was well, on like course CNN. Would
0: like you wouldn't want to read that story. <laughs>
1: was, I you wouldn't so want to much. watch
0: a man in a banana suit shove a guy in a <laughs> ape suit. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: Yeah, another one. Uh, a guy in a gumby suit robbed a convenience store, nice. but he dropped all the money and he couldn't pick it up because it was Idiot. a full body suit. <laughs>
0: He's like big gloves trying to pick it up. Like shit, oh, I had to
1: pick this gumby costume. All right, back to Bunny Man.
0: Back to what's really important here.
1: The bunny man made another appearance according to the Post. On October 30th, 1970, neighbors in Guinea Road reported seeing a man in a bunny suit hacking away at a house under construction with a hatchet. God. Confronted by a security guard, the bunny ran off.
0: What is Virginia coming to?
1: Like the old Florida is what, what they were. Police investigated but never found any evidence of a bunny man in the area. After a few weeks, the case was filed away forever. Who the Bunny Man was and what motivated him to act in a such bizarre manner is still a mystery. However, the available evidence points to the October 1970 events as the genesis of the Bunny Man legend. And the librarian's research uncovers some truth in a story that has become part of the area's folklore and its creepy reputation continues. In April, a man was found dead, the victim of an unsolved homicide, about nine hundred feet from the bridge.
0: Was he killed with a hatchet? <laughs> what, did he have a chainsaw sticking just out of him? Chainsaws! I
1: swear, I saw Bazooka Joe with them.
0: <laughs> you need to write a comic book or something. <laughs>
1: they got baz- <laughs> they got bazookas up there now.
0: Bazooka Joe and Bunnyman Chainsaw Boy.
1: <laughs> they said never again, and then threw a chainsaw at us.
0: Honestly, who throws a chainsaw?
1: yeah so that's the bunny man guys um very interesting you know this is definitely i think a cool looking bridge and i would love to travel there one day and i would say the bunny man three times yeah i'll come prepared though i'll have a chainsaw for arms
0: it's not it's not a matter of if we will go to this bridge one day right we just need to get big and famous and well-known so just share us out there people make us wealthy we will travel for you not wealthy
1: but enough to manage the <laughs> channel we're at 60 subs on youtube hell yeah,
0: yeah. thanks everybody so right. are you calling uh factor crap on Bunny Man.
1: I think that there was some weirdo in a bunny suit trying to be funny. I agree with that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can see that being the case as well. All right. Let's head over to Washington. So, Cleet, if I were to ask you, like, if you had to pick, like, the most infamous cryptid or, like, urban legend creature, without thinking, what would you say?
1: Bigfoot. Yeah.
0: Right. Small feet. Small feet. Yeah. So Washington is home to the actual Bigfoot, which is arguably, again, the most notorious cryptid monster there is. I mean, would you disagree? What what, was another one that you think would even beat that?
1: Only one that's kind of close is the Loch Ness. Nessie. Yeah. Good old Nessie.
0: Right. So Washington houses none other than the actual Bigfoot. So, you know, I've always known about Bigfoot, but I didn't know the origins of where it came from. So I was really excited to actually, you know, dive into this one. So what the hell is Bigfoot? Other than a big hairy ape with big feet. He's also commonly referred to as Sasquatch, and he's an ape-like creature that is said to roam the forests of North America. His existence comes to us via anecdotal visual sightings along with heavily disputed audio and visual recordings. Let's not forget the infamous blurry Bigfoot photo that Cleet will undoubtedly upload to YouTube.
1: It'll just be a picture of me.
0: Yeah. Cleet walking around the neighborhood with his shirt off.
1: I'm a hairy person. I
0: just don't think you're as tall.
1: That's hurtful, man.
0: No, it's a fact. Bigfoot, well, we'll talk about how big he is. There have also been casts of large footprints that have said to come from the Beast. Many of these quote-unquote sightings have been debunked and found as hoaxes. Sightings of Bigfoot have been reported in the thousands. It's often described as a large, muscular, bipedal ape-like creature that stands anywhere from six to nine feet. So that's what I mean. You're not six to nine feet, right? It wasn't hurtful. It's just just an average for a male. <laughs>
1: I'm average
0: for a male. Oh man! It is covered in hair that is described as being black, dark brown, or even a dark red. Some wild claims even talk of it being in the 10 to 15 foot range, but let's not get out of hand. This isn't a fuzzy slenderman. 10 to 15 feet, can you imagine that?
1: That'd be a tall person. 15
0: foot ape? No thanks. Those that have been near the beast reported smelling foul odors like rotten eggs or skunk stank. Bigfoot's face is described as human-like with a flat nose and visual lips. It is said to have broad shoulders with no visible neck and long arms. It's a big, you know, we all know what Bigfoot looks like.
1: What would you do if you ran into a Bigfoot?
0: I wouldn't live to tell the tale, man. I'd throw a rock at it. I bet you would. Its eyes are dark in color and have been said to glow red or yellow at night. Yeah, if I see something with red glowing eyes that's 15 foot tall running at me in the middle of the night,
1: nope. Anything with red eyes, I don't trust.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. This is what is called eye shine and isn't present in humans or great apes, so these glowing eyes have been suggested to either be owls, raccoons, or possums. It's a big damn raccoon. The enormous footprints that it leaves behind can be as large as 24 inches long and 8 inches wide. Some of these casts of the feet have claw marks which is speculated to be bear paws. The history of Bigfoot goes back quite some time. An anthropologist by the name of David Daigling stated that the legend of Bigfoot existed way back before a name was even given to the creature. In California, on the Tool River Indian Reservation, there are petroglyphs drawn by a group of yokuts at painted rock that depict a group of Bigfoots referred to as the family. The largest glyph is referred to as hairy man by local tribespeople and is estimated to be anywhere from 500 to 1,000 years old. Hmm. So they call him hairy man. If you ask ecologist Robert Pyle, he argues that most cultures have their own accounts of human-like giants in their history as a need for some larger-than-life creature.
1: Yeah, you got the Yeti.
0: Yeah. Abominable snowman. Like, every culture has something that's like Bigfoot, right? But again, it's like he said, it's that need for some larger-than-life creature. Each culture had its own name for it, anywhere from hairy man to wild man. Some cultures even state that the beast ate clams and shook trees. <laughs> like I don't know. Some of these some of these accounts got really crazy. Some regions tell of more threatening versions of Bigfoot called Stiaha or Qui Kui. Children were warned against even saying these names, stating that they would be carried off to be killed.
1: Oh, okay.
0: The Iroquois tell of an aggressive giant covered in hair and rock hard skin known as Otniyar He rock hard or or stone giant on july 16th 1924 in southern washington there was an incident involving a group of miners and a group of ape men so they called
1: so underage people (laughs) what i'm just kidding minors
0: oh (laughs) i see group of like young kids and a group of ape men (laughs) good one They got a fight the allegations were reported on July 16, 1924 in the Oregonian, which has become a very popular piece of Bigfoot lore, which led to the area being called Ape Canyon. U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt covered a story in 1893 book called The Wilderness Hunter that talks of an elderly mountain man named Bowman. In his tale, he recalls a foul-smelling bipedal creature that ransacked his beaver trapping camp. Isn't that what you called your house once?
1: Yeah, still do it, actually.
0: The beast would stalk him and later become hostile when it broke his companion's neck near the Idaho-Montana border. Roosevelt wrote that Bauman was fearful in retelling the story. Do you believe it? Do you believe Roosevelt?
1: He had some sweat coming off his face. Let me tell you the old story of the beaver trap.
0: He was so scared. Not all stories depict Bigfoot in such a bad way, though. Let's take the story of Reverend Elkanah Walker from 1840 as an example. Walker was a Protestant missionary that would record stories of giants among the natives near Spokane, Washington. The giants were said to live on and around the peaks in the mountains and would steal salmon from fishermen's nets. Jerks. So one of them is like breaking people's necks, and this one just wants some salmon.
1: Ooh, Uh piece of salmon.
0: Ooh, piece of salmon. Other than the very obvious large feet this creature has, where did the name Bigfoot come from? Well, back in 1958, a logging company bulldozer operator named Jerry Crew in Humboldt County, California, discovered a set of large 16-inch footprints that sunk deep within the mud in Six Rivers National Forest. So you're on a logging expedition, right? You see this big footprint that's 16 inches long. What would you do? I'd run. Towards them? You're like following the footprints? Yeah. I'm find out what's making these the huge footprints. are prints. scary, man.
1: I was watching a little thing. There was a little commercial for some streaming service. And it was talking about like the people in California that like did the weed farms up in the That's mountains. Yeah, Hulu. Yeah, I wanna watch that. Um They're like, yeah, we just, like, people were brutally killed by Bigfoot up there. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, yeah. I gotta look into that.
0: Yeah, I wanna watch that show. We should check it out. He shared this information with some of his coworkers talking about these Big Feet who reported to seeing similar tracks in other work sites. So they started to, you know, share these stories of an incident in which an oil drum weighing 450 pounds had been moved without any explanation, and they just start talking about all this stuff and wondering what the hell's going on. The men started using the term Bigfoot to describe this mysterious culprit, which began to cause some paranoia among all the workers. Jerry, like several others, began to suspect that something was up and some foul play was afoot. Someone was just messing with them, playing pranks as they found more and more massive footprints.
1: So they just thought one of their the people that they were with were just faking these big feet?
0: Yeah, because they're starting to share stories, and now they're starting to pop up, like, more often. They contacted a reporter named Andrew Gonzoli of the Humboldt Times newspaper, which is Times-Standard today in nearby Eureka. Gonzoli began to interview several of the workers who had seen the footprints themselves and would write articles about them, coining the term Bigfoot. A plaster cast was made of the massive footprint... Jerry held one up for a picture that was placed on the front page of the newspaper on October 6th, 1958. This story rapidly spread, and Gonzoli received correspondence from major media outlets such as the New York and Los Angeles Times. This caused the term Bigfoot to spread like wildfire.
1: Interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's where the word came from. The name. In 2002, the family of a deceased logging company worker named Ray Wallace claimed that their father secretly made the large prints out of a carved wooden foot despite this claim willow creek and humboldt county are considered by some as the bigfoot capital of the world so story has it that some guy was like i'm gonna make some big wooden feet and just go around all the work sites like you I'm gonna scare some do? people <laughs> well it did i mean this made like national headlines for a fucking wooden foot
1: i have an idea oh yeah i'm gonna make some big wooden feet i'm gonna scare people in utah
0: yeah you heard it here first people like next week is an article massive feet found in central park that's new york what the fuck yeah
1: i'll be like on the news i i seen them i I saw a bigfoot and then i saw this track it chased me you can
0: see my footprints here and the other one's behind me now let's talk about sightings of our big hairy friend Roughly one-third of all the sightings come from the Pacific Northwest, with the rest being spread throughout the rest of North America. Most of these sightings are mistakes or hoaxes. Sightings are predominantly from Washington, Oregon, Northern California, and British Columbia. Research collected from the Bigfoot Field Researches Organizations, or BFRO, yeah, it's a real thing, they exist, Their Bigfoot Sightings Database in 2019 state that Washington has over 2,000 reported sightings of Bigfoot. California was 1,600, Pennsylvania 1,300, New York and Oregon over 1,000, and Texas was slightly over 800. Bigfoot's just all over the place, man. Hmm. This debate on the legitimacy of Bigfoot reached its peak in the 70s, and Bigfoot has been regarded as the first widely popularized example of pseudoscience in American culture. Bigfoot just fucking blew up. Bigfoot and Sasquatch are just a couple names that this monster goes by, but there are many more. A lot of these we've actually covered in this series of, you know, our urban legends. Florida calls it the Skunk Ape. Ohio calls it Grass Man. Arkansas calls it the Folk Monster? Fook Monster? It's F-O-U-K-E. My personal favorite is Virginia, which we just covered. They call it Woodbooger. <laughs> like, what? Great name. So Wood Booger. New York refers to it as the Monster of Whitehall. Missouri calls it Momo. I think we did Momo on actually. Louisiana, it's Honey Island Swamp Monster. Michigan is Dewey Lake Monster. Arizona calls the beast Mogollon Monster. Southern Illinois calls it Big Muddy Monster. I want to talk about some observed behaviors, though, that have been witnessed of Bigfoot. One reported behavior includes patterned, repetitive knocking sounds with objects like rocks or sticks called wood knocking yeah i've heard of that yeah rock throwing is another big reported behavior so you're just walking down a trail big fucking rock goes whizzing by right your head. past your face better than a chainsaw these are said to be territorial displays or communication but skeptics do argue that these are easily hoaxes i mean anyone can be throwing, knocking, rocks, or throwing at rocks right mostly children let's be honest there have been witnesses of structures constructed of broken and twisted foliage in specific areas. Some smaller trees have been bent, uprooted, or stacked and weaved, or crisscrossed patterns, which some believe are territorial markers. There have been instances of deer skeletons being suspended high up in the trees.
1: That's creepy.
0: a bunch of freaking deer skeletons hanging around these huge, massive trees.
1: I call them Bigfoot chandeliers.
0: <laughs> Just decorating his neighborhood. A team of amateur Bigfoot researchers in Washington called the Olympic Project reportedly found a collection of nests that had been created by a primate. Many sightings appear at night, which leads some to believe it to be nocturnal, but mainstream science disputes this, as all known apes, including humans, are diurnal, and only lesser primates processing nocturnally. Uh, most sightings state a single Bigfoot, which indicates a solitary preference, but some sightings tell of a group of feet.
1: Yeah, I see what you do. What do
0: you call a group of big feet?
1: A big foot?
0: Just one? A group of big feet is a big oh, foot? A
1: group of big foot is big feet.
0: Big feet? Yeah. I saw me a big feet. You saw multiple? Everywhere. Vocalizations have been reported, such as howls, moans, grunts, whistles, and even a form of supposed language. There are some vocalizations that have been recorded and studied by retired U.S. Navy crypt- cryptologic linguist Scott Nelson. The audio recordings he studied came from the early 70s and were recorded in the Sierra Nevada mountains and is dubbed Sierra Sounds. Have you heard Sierra Sounds? Yep. That's creepy. We'll have to cover it. Yeah, we'll have to talk. We'll put the the audio in another clip. We don't have the rights to it now, but we will get them and post it later. We'll talk about the Sierra Sounds because it's actually pretty nuts. Uh, But if you go to YouTube and type in Sierra Sounds Bigfoot, you'll find it. Nelson stated, it is definitely a language. It is definitely not human in origin, and it could not have been faked. Les Stroud reported on hearing strange vocalizations while filming Survivor Man, stating they sounded primate in origin. Hmm. Huh. All right. Other studies have been done, including the diet of Bigfoot. Some believe it to be omnivorous, like humans. Others think it eats roots, berries, nuts, fruit, fungi, salmon, and other fish, small mammals such as rabbits and squirrels, birds, and hooved creatures like deer and elk. And he just throws them up into the trees when he's done.
1: Yeah. And they eat people.
0: Yeah. They haven't found any bodies yet that have been devoured by Bigfoot yet. In 2016, Centralia College anthropology professor and Bigfoot enthusiast Mitchell Townsend presented evidence of bones from prey around Mount Saint Helens. Bite marks on the bones provided evidence of a large unknown hominid. Do you believe it?
1: Either that, or your creepy cousin and his big teeth.
0: Like <laughs> his big cousin Jim Bob. I'm so hungry. Needless to say, there are those that believe in Bigfoot and there are those that don't, so do you believe in Bigfoot or not
1: I don't know, man, yeah, that Sierra Nevada story is pretty crazy though because if if you look into like the more information about it, they went on this weird out of the way camping place and they built a shelter around a tree and just yeah. that night they were like being harassed by a group of things surrounding their campsite
0: and it sounds like a group of like violent monkeys it's like yeah. it's crazy we're going to get you. So, but anyway, if you believe in Bigfoot, if you don't believe in Bigfoot, send us your thoughts, comments, YouTube, Facebook, enter the abyss pod at gmail.com or curious. If you have any run-ins, let us know. But that is Washington and Bigfoot.
1: All right. Let's jump into the next one, guys. So West Virginia is all about the Mothman. Yeah? Oh, is... I've
0: been excited about this one.
1: Y'all remember the Mothman prophecies?
0: with Richard Gere.
1: Yeah. That one scared me when I was a kid. It was a little nuts. Um, I was actually going to play a little bit of the audio. Hello, John Klein. Who is this? My name is Andrew Cole. All right. So when I watched the Mothman prophecies, I thought the scariest moment was when, uh, was it Richard Gere? Was that? Yeah. When he was on the phone with the Mothman, I was like, oh, that voice is so creepy. And I went to go look it up because, uh, you know, I was studying this and it just, it sounds cartoonish. Like it's not scary at all. But You're I was like, like why 12. was I so
0: afraid of this?
1: When I was 12 or 13, it scared the hell out of me. I was like, ugh, creepy.
0: Yeah, I need to watch the movie again because I watched it a while ago, probably pretty close to when it came out, which was, what, 2004 or something? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, first oh, time I ever. 2002. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, let's jump into it. So the first Mothman sightings occurred near the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, in 1966. On November 12th of that year, five men in a nearby town in Clending were digging a grave when they reported seeing a man like a shadowy figure fly over their heads from a nearby tree. Huh, just no, a flying dude.
0: I would shit myself.
1: They're just like, hey, 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 while he flies over him. Like, oh. oh, is that what they like, did? No, that was a mothman. He's being... Oh, like hey. hey, try and catch me if you can. That's the family guy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. <laughs> Three days later, on November 15th, two young couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette told police they were being chased in their car. Uh, by a black figure with a 10-foot wingspan and glowing red eyes. It's huge. (laughs) 10-foot wingspan? This also happened near Point Pleasant, and by a former World War II munitions site called TNT area. Uh, More and more reported sightings rolled over the course of the next year. The first mention of him in the newspaper came in the Point Pleasant Register on November 16, 1966, with the headline, Couples See Man-Size Bird, Creature... Something. Man. It's a bird. That's a hell it's of a headline. plane. It was not Superman. It's Mothman. It was the Mothman. He was just flying towards my light. He really liked the light. Later, anonymous Ohio newspaper copy editor dubbed him the Mothman, likely to sound similar to Batman. na 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 na
0: Mothman. <laughs>
1: All right.
0: No, it ruined
1: it. Uh, okay. Many locals he's like Batman but he just doesn't have any tech but he can fly or money he's a, he's a moth yeah and he's poor he's very poor <laughs> many locals believe the mothman lived in a vacant nuclear power plant on the outskirts of town in an area once home to a top secret government facility where nuclear weapons were tested
0: it's not secret anymore if he's living there
1: <laughs> it's like so it's like a mix of spider-man Batman radioactivity made him a
0: giant moth. I think it's like more Hulk and Batman, because Hulk was radioactivity, right?
1: Yeah, it's, I want it to be Spider-Man.
0: Okay. So Hi. you're just trying to fit your narrative.
1: Yeah, I'm framing it a certain way.
0: Gotcha. So it's like Spider-Batman, Mothman. Yeah. Who's poor and lives in a <laughs> nuclear power plant.
1: Uh, can I have some money? <laughs> <It> flies away.
0: <laughs> That's really what he's after. Spare
1: some change.
0: Throw me a quarter.
1: Was the Mothman some product of a government tampering of genetic engineering? A winged manifestation born from weapons testing, imaginations ran wild and created this legend. The sightings came to a halt in 1967 after a ter- terrible tragedy occurred in Point Pleasant. The Silver Bridge, which carried U.S. Route 35 over the Ohio River and connected Point Pleasant to Gallipoy, Ohio, collapsed on December 15th under the weight of a heavy rush hour traffic oh. due to the upcoming Christmas holiday
0: imagine being stuck in rush hour on a bridge and then the bridge just gives out? That's going to ruin your whole day.
1: Like, hey, Timmy, we're going to open presents soon. A couple days. Oh, no, we're dead.
0: Wow. That was dark. I was like, you're going swimming.
1: The accident killed 46 people. Oh. Two of the bodies were never found.
0: It's kind of sad. The moth man's eating them.
1: Through the tragedy was later attributed to a faulty eye bar suspension chain and poor maintenance of the bridge. That didn't stop conspiracy theories. Writer John Keel, who had an interest in extraterrestrial life and other paranormal activity, wrote the book titled The Mothman Prophecies, linking the bridge collapse with the Mothman sightings. I
0: love those <laughs> conspiracy theorists. Like, yeah. No, it's like it's just a faulty bridge, poor maintenance. No,
1: Mothman. I No, swear. no, we
0: have science. At, no, Mothman.
1: I saw the Mothman. He had a crowbar. He was doing some things to the bridge. He was mad about something.
0: He was chipping it away for like weeks. No, it's just faulty, faulty bridge work.
1: No, it's Mothman. He had a human arm in his right arm and he was eating it. (laughs) Some kind of like Pennywise shit. Indeed, despite a few lingering reports in the days after the bridge fell, the Mothman sightings almost completely ceased after December 15th. Hmm. Keel believed that this was no coincidence. In his book, he surmised the Mothman sightings of Point Pleasant locals were... Premonitions about the bridge collapse. Neil also linked the monster to UFOs in the Men in Black. He was certainly fanciful with his findings, but without him, the legacy of the Mothman might have stayed a tiny local legend. Instead, his book, published in 1975, brought renewed attention to the creature and sparked a surge in interest.
0: I salute you, my man. Without you, we wouldn't be talking about this today. My
1: man. My man. The book became a 2002 movie starring Richard Greer, like you said, and Laura Linney, uh, fully bringing the story of Mothman into the mainstream. The Mothman prophecies brought a lot of attention to Point Pleasant. Tourism skyrocketed after the firm's release. The annual Mothman fest- Festival started in 2002, and it is said to draw about ten to 12,000 Jesus. <laughs> guests per year. So when are we going to this festival, Cleet? Dude, have you seen oh. videos of that place? I have not. Like, they got a pizza where they make... A Mothman-looking thing out of the ingredients on the pizza. That sounds amazing. Yeah. They it's call like, it the Mothman pizza.
0: So we'll go to Virginia first, to, to Bunnyman yeah. Hill, or Bunnyman Tunnel Bridge, and then we're going to go to West Virginia. Oh, yeah. For the Mothman Festival. Yeah, if we
1: survive when I go, Bunny Man, Bunny Man, Bunny Man.
0: Well, you'll get here with the chain, so I'm going to go have myself a Mothman pizza.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it is with a heavy heart to say that Cletus died last night. I will Virginia. continue the show solo. He screened Bunny Man three times, and uh, Bazooka Joe came out and just shot him with a bazooka. This episode
0: is called Cleet's Death.
1: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Cleet's Death. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> So uh, another thing there at Point Pleasant, they have a twelve foot metallic statue of the creature. Uh, I've seen that yeah.
0: online. That thing looks cool. <laughs> I want that in my backyard.
1: It was installed in the city in 2003 and is a popular attraction. 2005, the town opened the Mothman Museum and Research Center. <laughs> what? Dude, they're it all a about museum it. now. Yeah, they get so much revenue from that. Oh um, my god! It would appear that, like Roswell, New Mexico site of an alleged UFO crashing that the residents of Point Pleasant found a way to embrace their menace and profit off of it. so
0: Capitalism.
1: Mothman stories plus bridge collapse equal profit.
0: All right. Yeah. Okay, so we're just going to go chip away at a bridge, make up some story. We'll be rich.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the sightings didn't only happen in West Virginia. In fact, alleged sightings of the Mothman have occurred all over the world. Some conspiracy theorists believe he was at chernobyl before the disaster oh God. <laughs> or when the plane struck the world tower center buildings on 9 11 oh okay i remember seeing those so like, like pictures ev- with the circles it's
0: at the mothman right so every freaking tragedy yep. mothman's there i mean i was gonna say though if it's a mothman who can fly why is he just hanging around west virginia like yeah. there's much better places to go i'm no gonna offense, go to west california
1: virginia, but... i'm gonna go to texas and start a uh what do you, what is the i'm gonna call i start a country music career no, country music, country music festival god i lost my spot it's
0: called mothman country effect
1: uh, from 2011 to its peak in 2017 at least 55 people reported seeing the mothman in chicago in 2020 a petition was created to replace confederate army statues with the mothman are you shitting me
0: like last year then? i would
1: vote for that <laughs>
0: oh my god what the hell i I didn't think that the mothman was still that prevalent
1: (laughs) that's so funny i think it's just people troll it but that is so funny i mean i'm all Um, for
0: it but like the thing is is like i really want to go to west virginia now this sounds like something we should be doing
1: it's a tiny town
0: man Yeah, but it sounds like there's so much happening. (laughs) Tell me here in Utah where I can get a Mothman pizza. I'll tell you, nowhere.
1: We need to steal a statue.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Imagine how cool it's going to look next to our 12-foot skeleton this year when we finally maybe get one. Fucking Home Uh, Depot.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, The myth of the Mothman continues to grow, solidifying into a legend. But does the Mothman actually exist? And if not, what is the reason about our fixation with this in uh, particular this shadowy creature. I don't know. Because I've been like moderately obsessed with it. Like I always thought it was a really cool story. Yeah. Um,
0: it is one of those ones, like I said, when, when I found out you got West Virginia, I was a little sad. I'm like, I, I would love to do the Mothman.
1: There are a number of possible explanations for the original Point Pleasant sighting. Those early reports frequently called the Mothman bird-like with the focus of its red eyes, like we were talking about with animals that have red eyes. So some local scientists believed to, it to be nothing but a large... Haran, which is like a bird like creature. Right. Heron. Heron, yeah. Ugh. Robert L. Smith of West Virginia University had a more specific theory. He believed locals had seen a large sandhill crane, a large bird with a 10 foot wingspan and red markings around its eyes. The bird isn't native to West Virginia, but some occasionally make their way into the state. In PBS's mystery web series, Storied. The host discovered that 28 sandhill cranes were spotted in West Virginia from January 2017 to August 2019. Not a ton. Enough to make it very possible that is what the good folks of Point Pleasant saw in those years.
0: How embarrassing. They're seeing a big crane and they think it's Mothman.
1: Yeah. Others took the theory even further, speculating toxins from the nearby TNT area has mutated a sandhill crane, see? Yeah. Jesus. Okay. These would account for its possible glowing appearance and large size. Another theory is owls. Uh, the night birds can be, have larger than expected wingspans for being so tiny, and their eyes glow red when caught in the light. Can
0: you imagine a little owl with a 10-foot wingspan? Like, it's just this little tiny bird and its yeah. feet go 10 feet out. Like That's just a freak of nature.
1: If I was in the woods with my friends and I saw that, I'd be the first one hiding. Might kill them.
0: Just going to outrun the slowest person.
1: Yep. It's possible a large owl spooked a few residents one night and a legend was born around it. The real culprit here is likely a little case of mass hysteria, the phenomena that occurs when a cohesive group experiences a disturbance in the nervous system that causes an unconscious response. There are plenty of cases of even more bizarre mass hysteria recorded throughout history, but it's often attributed to the growth of urban legends and folklore. Someone experiences an inexplicable event And other people play into it. It's a normal psychological reaction. So that's the um, story of the Mothman.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Pretty intense.
0: So your take on it, is it a a mutated crane? Is it like a Batman, Spider-Man hybrid? I think it's all fake. All fake, yeah.
1: (laughs) But uh, it's interesting, though. I would go out in the woods with a flashlight, be going Mothman, 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 I with mean, my is, Mothman pizza in my hand. That's Bunnyman though. My shock, yeah, you gotta, you, got, you gotta mix them together. Like, how does someone figure out a ritual? You're just going fucking crazy. How did man. someone figure out the Bunnyman ritual? So everyone had to say it. Every ritual three times. starts with saying three times. Well, you know, you gotta try. Maybe it's four. Oh, maybe maybe I gotta say maybe it it's five sixty-two
0: times. and a quarter.
1: Yeah, and then you gotta kick the person next to you right in the shin. Oh. It's really that weird. usually starts a fight. Very specific. I don't know. I woke up. I had two black eyes. I don't remember <laughs> anything else. It was the Mothman. I'm telling you.
0: Did you ever see it? No. <laughs>
1: My friend won't talk to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. He ran off. Ask him. But yeah, I mean, it, that it like you said earlier though. Like, what is it about the Mothman that makes him so, or makes it so notorious? Like, I don't know, man.
1: There's this like thing. Like, why are we afraid of certain things? Why is there, why is there this unconscious. Uh, fear of just things like spiders and snakes like i fucking hate spiders i feel like first admit it our ancestors faced like predatory beasts that left in um something in our psyche of fear you know and i think that (laughs) okay that that um the mothman prophecy for some reason just latches onto that reptilian side of our brain okay that's
0: interesting i mean i'm not gonna say if i if i did if i saw the mothman that i wouldn't be absolutely terrified like, if I saw Bigfoot, I'm going to shit myself. But, like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, if I saw the Mothman, I'd throw rocks at it.
0: God. Everything's rocks. All right. Cleet, we have two states left. That's it. I know. We're getting it's really close sad. to the I- end. Tear up. My last story. Shedding a tear. Cleet's never cried in his life until right now. Yep. Okay, so we're going to go to Wisconsin. And Wisconsin has the urban legend of Boy Scout Lane.
1: I thought it was going to be a bunch of cheeseheads. <laughs> no, it's not a derogative statement.
0: I know, like Green Bay Packers, yeah, but it. she says, "Yeah, I get it. I'm not an idiot." A legend talks of a haunted stretch of road in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Several ghost stories have been told of the origins. The most famous being the fictional deaths of a troop of Boy Scouts. Notice the word "fictional."
1: here. Oh. Right? it wasn't like Staggy the Boy Scout Slayer? Did Staggy? he go? Staggy?
0: Yeah, interesting. I thought you'd like mispronounce Shaggy.
1: No, Staggy.
0: Staggy. Hmm. Okay, never heard that name It was a flash game. Paranormal investigations have been conducted on the road along with youths hoping to experience the paranormal happenings themselves. Let's dive into this legend. Boy Scout Lane is located in the town of Linwood, Portage County, Wisconsin. It's situated between Cemetery Road and Little Chicago Road. Anything between Cemetery Road is going to be a little haunted. I mean, let's be honest it's unpaved and spans roughly 2500 feet the road earned its name boy scout lane due to the land next to it being owned by the boy scouts of america who had originally planned to use the land to build a scout camp the camp was never built and the land remains woodland with the name still being used So, like the actual reason it got its name is like very yeah yeah superficial very superficial According to popular belief, though, an urban legend, the road gets its name from a Boy Scout group that was killed during a camping trip in the 50s or 60s. See, this story is a lot more interesting.
1: Wasn't your grandpa in that area around the 50s or 60s?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I think I was a wild child. There are several different variations. Like, there's actually a lot of variations, so I'll cover a couple of them, uh, including the Scoutmaster being the murderer. Just snapped and murdered all the kids. Took him out to camping. He's like, "I'm fucking had it with these children. <laughs> Murdered them all." I feel for him. Other times it was the bus driver.
1: <laughs> yes, did they get in a bus and disappear?
0: <laughs> I had to bed. no, God, no. I, you lied. No, no, it's in there. Good. I say when I when I saw the bus, I was like, "Cleat's gonna have a fucking riot with this." one. Yeah,
1: if I ever need to start, like if there's, we need an urban legend about that. I will start it if I need to, with involving a bus. And the whole there was senior class to to disappeared. Nowhere.
0: No, bunch of people disappearing on a bus, huh? I mean you might go to prison. You make that a reality, you realize that. <laughs> you just drove my. <laughs> Where'd those kids go? <laughs> I don't know, it's an
1: urban legend. You tell me. Tuck and rolled at the last second.
0: <laughs> Ryan to Utah Lake. <laughs> Fucking hell. <gasps> In one version of the story, the small group of scouts wandered from their camp at night, which is always a good idea. A clumsy scout accidentally dropped his lantern, which caused a wild forest fire, killing all the boys. Oh. Pretty sad. Yeah. Another legend describes the troop being killed due to the bus crashing or accidentally catching on fire. So they're just like driving to their camping trip, spontaneous combustion of the bus, they all die.
1: They wouldn't let them out. It's like, not till we get there.
0: You will sit through the fire, motherfucker. Another version talks about the Scouts just vanishing, Roanoke style, without a trace. Doesn't just fucking happen. One version talks about two Scouts escaping the fate of their fellow Scout troop, leaving to get help only to get lost in the woods and die of starvation and exposure. No matter what story you've heard or believe in, the fact remains that a bunch of Boy Scouts died and now haunt the nearby woods and road. Huh. Allegedly. Remember the word fictional. Those who have witnessed this phenomenon describe hearing footsteps through the undergrowth or seeing their lights through the trees as they seek for help. Other visitors described feelings of being watched and followed and the sound of footsteps breaking branches from all different directions. Red or white lights can be seen resembling swinging lanterns. Now this one's for you, Cleet. More far-fetched descriptions include seeing a ghostly bus or ghost (laughs) figures walking around. You just walk in through and you see a ghost bus come through the woods. There's room for one more. Some have even reported seeing childlike handprints on cars that stop in the area. So, yeah, that was it. Short, sweet, wow. not much to it, but that's what Wisconsin has, Boy Scout Lane. So if you want to go camping in Wisconsin and you want to see a ghost bus in the wilderness, head on out to uh, Boy Scout Lane. Huh. All right. Let's... All right, folks. This is it? This is the end of our, our last episode. Urban for... Legends.
1: Our stage. last state. Right here, Wyoming, the Devil's Tower. Uh, here's a couple pictures Always of, of the, the Devil, devil Tower. Yeah, no? I've seen
0: that. Yeah. thing is gnarly looking. Have you seen the. Uh, um, I'm sure you have. Obviously, you're going to be covering it, but like the. Uh, um, what am I thinking about? The uh, rumor of that. It's like it has roots under it. You oh like it's like a it? tree yeah that's dumb i was like come on <laughs> like there's always pictures like it's a huge root system what does it mean it's like it
1: means you're full of shit yeah that's funny kind of looks like a tree stump i guess it does it? Yeah. like who sawed it down though chainsaw wielding Bigfoot? no it was the uh, big ben oh
0: paul it was bunyan. paul bunyan that cut it down <laughs> him and babe the blue ox
1: that's dumb <laughs> you're dumb <laughs> do you know that so before we jump into this legend uh, That someone parachuted in the 40s on there and got stuck there for six days. They landed on the Devil's Tower? Yeah. So in the 40s, like, parachute technology wasn't, like, as refined as it was then, so not a lot of people would parachute.
0: I would imagine the 40s but, just jump out and hope to God you make it to the ground. Yeah,
1: there, there was a famous guy back then that would parachute and do weird stuff. And I don't know if he was planning to go on there or if it was accidental, but he wound up there and nobody could get him down. They had to, like, drop, like, food from planes down up there. He was up there for six days, but, he, I mean, he survived. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Can't get him down, but they're, like, dropping stuff. Like, pick him up.
1: Yeah, they ended up having to get climbers up there, but I think, like... do you were... imagine
0: climbing that thing?
1: Yeah, they... Yeah. They were going to do, like, helicopters, and I think there was another way they were thinking about helping him, but ended up being climbers. Wow. Well, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Okay,
0: well, I'm excited to hear about what this uh, entails.
1: So, the Devil's Tower is one of the most iconic visions of Wyoming's frontier, The butte can be found in the Black Hills, more specifically the Bear Lodge Mountains, and is made from igneous rock. The formation is considered a national monument and has held cultural and historical significance for centuries. Native American folklore tells fascinating and mysterious stories about the rock, some of which have truly haunting undertones. The cultures regard Devil's Tower as a sacred space, and perhaps that is why its surrounding legends are especially eerie. The Devil's Tower stands 867 feet in height and reaches an impressive elevation of 5,112 feet above sea level. Good God. Teddy Roosevelt declared this site to be the first official United States National Monument in September of 1906.
0: He also wrote that story about Bigfoot (laughs) and the beaver trapping camp.
1: The beaver trap.
0: Man, I want to read Teddy Roosevelt's book now.
1: (laughs) Today, the monument continues to attract over 400,000 visitors per year. The legend behind the creation of the Devil's Tower is one of both mystical and alluring. The tale tells of two young boys who are lost in the prairie. One afternoon, they wandered especially far from their village and lost track of the path back home. For three days, these boys wandered around and survived off of wild berries and water from nearby streams. By the fourth day, the boys had an eerie feeling of being followed by someone or something. They saw a school bus in the distance.
0: Fuck you. Get in. There you go. Get home.
1: What the boys heard was a bear, but no ordinary bear. This bear was called Mato and was so enormous, so big, in fact, that he could have easily swallowed both children in one attempt. He came nearer and the earth seemed to shake with every step. His immense hunger had lured him to the scent of his young prey.
0: So they're like... Feeling they're being followed when every footstep is like shaking the earth. I suspect we're being followed, brother.
1: I don't know why, but I feel like we're on shaky ground. Can you feel like giant footsteps? Amen. That massive bear following us? I suspect we're onto something. We're about to get eaten. The boys could feel his hot breath drawing closer. Just in the nick of time, the earth began to quake, and out of nowhere appeared a gray tower under the feet of the boys. The rock grew taller. The boys were brought further and further away from danger. Mato grew furious and began clawing at the rock, creating scratches that could still be seen today. The bear was nearly as tall as the tower itself and attempting to reach the boys from every angle, frantically scratching all sides of the barrier. Finally, he gave up and the boys' lives were spared. Soon after, they were carried to safety by a majestic eagle. <laughs> oh my god. Like, I'm pretty sure Lord of the Rings was based off of this. Probably. They dropped a ring on a volcano. While this legend may just be folklore, it nevertheless holds cultural importance to the tribes that have carried it down for decades. That is why many tribes refer to this monument not as a Devil's Tower, but rather Bear's Lodge or Bear's Teepee. Teepee. Bear's Teepee. Teepee.
0: Tipi. Motherfucker
1: Teepee. Today, the tower continues to hold sacred importance to several plain tribes, including the Cheyenne, Lakota, Kiowa. Those interested in climbing the formation are asked to respect the tribes and stay off of it during the month of June when ceremonies are held. So, wow. that's the story of the Devil's uh, Tower. A
0: couple kids wandered off, got chased by a magnificently giant bear, tower grew out of the ground, flew away on eagles.
1: Yeah, cool. pretty crazy.
0: Oh, all right. Well,
1: well, this sparks the end of our series of the states. Um for those of you who have actually watched every episode, I just want to say thank you for following us. Yes. Much respect.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for everyone who's tuning in. Even if you just listened to one episode, but those who've been with us since the beginning, seriously, we thank you very much. Tell your family and friends about it. Uh, we definitely want to continue to do this. Any help uh, spreading us out there is you know is huge for us. So, so thank you, everyone, for your constant support. Um, as we go through new episodes... Uh, we're always looking for new ideas so if you have any topic suggestions uh, other series even send us your suggestions enter the AbyssPod at gmail.com
1: and as always thank you for entering the abyss until next time